0: Welcome, friends, to Inside the Writer's Cafe. I'm Cheryl Mason. David Bailey once said, The best advice I ever got was that knowledge is power and to keep reading. Well, our show is all about books and authors. Not only do we feature the hottest authors, but we also introduce you to exciting new authors talking about themselves and their latest book. In a collection of short stories, author Tom Joyce takes us to Vienna, Austria. The year is 1945. What do a Vienna police inspector, an American soldier, a former SS major, an American female doctor all have in common? Well, stay tuned to find out. Dr. Thomas Joyce has a PhD from Cornell University. He's taught criminology and sociology to FBI agents, police officers, and college students. He also worked in the penal system in Ohio. During his military service, he took ex-Nazis to Frankfurt, Germany for denazification. After he got out of the service, he began to write stories that were set in the 1930s and 40s about a Vienna police inspector whose name was Karl Marbach. Tom joins me today to talk about his book of short stories, Vienna Long Ago. Tom, welcome.
1: Welcome. It's good to hear. This is about taking Nazis to um, Frankfurt and Munich. That that was being done in 1962, and it was a very regular thing. And the reason I was involved was that I was in the Army and I was in Vienna, Austria. So you really know. I just want to clarify that. Some people who are knowledgeable may question that if they just hear it uh, the way it was told. Well, good. Thanks for clarifying It was the early 1960s, and I was in Vienna, Austria, in the U.S. military, and I did uh, a lot of these ex-Nazis, or regular, as far as I was concerned, they were still Nazis, came to Vienna because Vienna was a neutral country. Came to Austria because Austria was a neutral country, and they settled in in Vienna. And I was in the military there, and I was the one because I had some uh, I had a lot more familiarity with the languages than than just about anybody else there. I had I had spent 1,440 hours being trained in Czech and Slovak at the Army Language School. Wow. And uh, that the Czech and Slovak was important. I, that also meant that I could I could get by in Polish. And that that was the real reason that I was used to pick up all these uh, Nazis and take them to uh, uh, Munich or to um, uh, Frankfurt for denazification activity. How many of
0: get... them? How many of them do you think you took?
1: Oh Christ! A dozen, easily a dozen.
0: Wow, that that makes you. All sound... I did was they
1: came, they came, they'd uh, they'd show up. I would um, I, I would pick them up in a car and drive them to either Munich or to Frankfurt. Easily a dozen. I also took some celebrities. They had nothing to do with the uh, Nazi stuff. Uh, the one that was my favorite was Marlene Dietrich. Oh wow. Uh she she came down to Vienna and because she was such a, a an important person, a, she was a wonderful person. Uh they 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 wanted to help her out any way they could and that meant getting somebody to drive her back to Munich or to Frankfurt. Was she and beautiful? I, she was not she wasn't just beautiful, she was a wonderful person. Wow. She was just Really great. And she called me, she, she never called me uh, by my name. She, she would say, uh, driver. And a couple of years later, it was not more than two years later, I was in, uh, it was maybe three years later, it could have been. Um, I was in, uh, I was working for the U.S. Department of Labor in Washington, D.C., And I was with some friends of mine and we went to a place called the Circle Theater, which existed at that time, was a movie theater. And when we came out, uh, Marlena Dietrich was outside the theater. And and she spotted me coming out of the uh, movie theater with some friends of mine and she said, Oh, driver, driver. And you know, I immediately went over to her she wanted me to go with her and we did some chores together in Washington DC. She was a a, a really wonderful person. Just wonderful.
0: Wow, Tom, what a great story. You've never told me well, that.
1: Nobody's one. ever nobody's ever printed it. But the only thing the, the important thing was that she was just a very good person, a very precious person. And it was funny that she never, ever called me by my name. It was always Driver.
0: That's great. Well, you know, the thing I think that you have just done is that you have sort of set this up for our listeners. and. What they need to realize, and I think you just let them know that, that you really have an insider knowledge. When you're talking about Vienna and when you're talking about Munich, you were there, you were working there when you were in the military, and that's how the character of Karl Marbach really came to be, wasn't it?
1: Well, well when I worked in Vienna, I knew a lot, of, I worked with the police a lot. And uh, there was nobody named Marbach, I won't give his name, but I knew quite a few police officers, police inspectors, and police detectives, and just officers in Vienna. And so uh, it was all turned up in me, and when I got out of the military and uh, got out of graduate school, got my Ph.D., I was just turned up still to keep writing about communicating, about... Vienna, what Vienna was like, Vienna years ago.
0: Well, let's talk about these short stories, because it's not only Marbach that's a character in these. You've, You've written six stories. The first one is called A Man and a Woman in a Train Station, and that one does have Marbach in it. Tell me a little bit about that story.
1: Well, that was sort of a, 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 an important story. It was dated uh, 1947, and the way things were, and I wasn't there in Vienna, in 1947. But I knew a lot about what was going on. I had so many friends that had been there in the in the in the mid to late the 47, 40, uh 1940s, and um, this is a story about a Viennese man. Um, uh, and um, uh, who's a police inspector, and also Pamela Marbach, who is a doctor in the British Burn Center. And uh, Pamela Marbach is the wife of Carl Marbach, who is the Vienna police inspector. (laughs) And um, I I enjoyed the, the stuff about Pamela Marbach, because she was a doctor in the British Burn Center, and there was a woman there back in the, in the 60s when I was there who was a doctor in the British Burn Center who was American. Well, why would an American woman be a doctor in the British Burn Center? And that's part of what what is discussed in this first um, uh, 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 short story. Uh, why she was in the... Uh, uh, why... Uh, she was in the British Bird Center why she was married to Carl um, Marbach and why she would wear her Br- her British uniform around all the time <laughs> uh, and 20 years later it was the same thing going on so it's a, I think it's an interesting story and basically it deals with um, her and her husband connecting with one another uh, and explaining how it was that an American woman who was the doctor would end up working with the British uh, Royal British Medical Corps and not, not serving with the U.S., with, with the United States.
0: I think that's an interesting question, and I'm glad you brought that up. I think that, you, that story does a nice job of talking about that. What about the second story? Do your good or lose it? That's a whole different character, isn't it?
1: yes and that uh, that is uh, uh, about uh that is that is an important theme with me uh that um that that story deals with a uh uh, uh, uh what was going on in the in the slavic prisons in this case a uh, polish prison uh where a uh, a priest uh, was being beaten around and um, he was determined to do his good or lose it. That was the theme that was running through his head. Do your good or lose it. you don't just give these people whatever information they want. He was a uh, a relatively young priest, but he was he was badly beaten about, and that uh, that that discusses How he was beaten and why he was beaten and why he refused uh, to cooperate fully. And then when things seemed to be coming right about everything, he agreed to write and sign what was handed to him. Uh, He knew that um, he wasn't going to be drawing Karl Materbach into a trap, and that was one of his big concerns. Now what is this Polish prison hello
0: what about book 3 or what about story 3 four guest friends i think that's an intriguing title
1: <laughs> well the the four that was just a couple two couples um, and that was that was that that short story took place uh, in 1938 that was uh, and it was one week it was in april of 38. It was one week after the approval of the Anschluss, the the incorporation of Austria into the Greater Reich. And um, these, th- these two couples, these guests... And they, the guest friends was a very important term, even when I was in uh, uh, Vienna. Uh, it was a way of connecting with people. If you were a guest friend of somebody then you, you were bounded to them. Um, and um, these, these, these uh, people took that guest friendship thing very seriously. As seriously as you would take marital status or some of the other connections that we're able to make with one another. They called themselves guest friends, and that meant that they were obligated to one another. Uh, that they... Um, uh, they were bonded together. And uh, when, they left, when, when they were, because they were guest friends, they had to treat each other with a special sort of sincerity. They couldn't lie to one another. Uh, and they had, they had to accept the fact that one of them was Jewish. Oh. Uh, they wouldn't accept the idea that if, they, one of, if one of the guest friends was Jewish, that there was something wrong with that person. Um, and, in fact, the others all bonded with, identified with what was important about themselves. And all that is covered in the short story. Oh, interesting. Well, what about number the four? The friendship thing. I, I actually was lucky enough to um, establish a guest, some guest friendships while I was in Vienna. Guest friendship is just a bond. It is a very tight bond.
0: It's an interesting term, and it sounds like an interesting idea. What about short story four? And it's just walking down the street. Tell me about that, Tom.
1: Well, that's about a man and a woman walking down the street early in the evening, and the man grasps the woman's wrist, not her hand but her wrist, and the woman uh, connects with the man, she's her, the man is her husband, and she likes what he's doing with her arms. Um, uh, they, they continued walking and talking and uh, they're married it's, it's Marbach and his wife and um, he keeps uh, uh, saying things that she wants to hear and they continue to walk down the street together and people look at them because they are so obviously in love and um, uh she finally establishes that he's gonna get home early from work that night and when, when he gets home uh the two of them are gonna connect really more vividly than they can connect out in public. That's just all all that it's about.
0: Well it sounds like you're painting a, a really lovely picture of Marbach and his wife Pamela. I like that.
1: Well so, uh they they're based to some extent, at least um uh, not a married couple so much as individuals that I knew in Vienna.
0: I think that gives them a real reality. I like the character a lot of Marbach. He's a he's very interesting. He's brave. He's intelligent. I really like him.
1: Well, I, I'm glad you like him. I hope some of the other readers like him.
0: Me too. Let's look at short story five, getting ready for work in Vienna in 1945. What's that about? Well, that was in
1: 1945, and the war was over. And um, that introduces Captain Theodore Milliken, who was with the American housekeeping force in in Vienna. And... um, he was close to the Viennese, uh, and uh, he uh, also, you know, he was connected with with um, he, 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 had, he had various friends. He's, he's uh, and he um, uh, uh, he identifies himself as an American and the point there was really to get across how somebody like Tom Joyce could be an American in Vienna for a short period of time and connect with Austrians and oh, Viennese. Oh,
0: interesting. And you did that, didn't you? Yes. You got to know some of the Viennese very well. They became good friends.
1: Oh, yes. And I, I kept uh, in touch with some of them up until about 20 years ago. Uh, And then I kept in touch with one of them, uh, uh, who actually ended up living in uh, the same building I live in. She was Czech. She wasn't Viennese or Austrian. Milka was her name. Uh, She was a very close friend of mine, and she died there about 15 years ago.
0: Wow. You made friendships that spanned the ocean, really, as it were.
1: Yes. Yes, well, yes, those things happen.
0: Well, let's look at the last story. The last one is titled "On the Way to a 1945 Meeting." What glimpses into life are you giving us in this one, Tom?
1: Well, I wanted to give an introduction to the readers of this of a former SS major, um, and his name was Stefan Kass. And he was um, a very complicated sort of a guy. He was a former SS major, and he joined up with the Amis, the Americans. The the, the Americans were called Amis by the Viennese when I was there. Um, and uh, he wanted um, uh, he wanted to connect with them and get their help to get him to the United States. And um, He he examines his friendship with Karl Marbach. Uh, They had been friends uh, during the Anschluss. That was in 1938. And they had managed, somehow or other, to remain friends, even though they were physically separated, uh, throughout the war, in the war, and then at the very end of the war, uh, the, the friendship was, was reconnected. And I try to identify what it was about these two men uh, one, uh, one Viennese and the other uh, uh, a, a German and a Nazi. And they examine the things that are uh, connected, that connect the two of them. And there also comes into being the phrase comrade-soldier. In, in World War One, when they first met each other, they first fought together uh, 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 for reasons that take a lot of explaining. They, they fought side by side, and they became like comrade-soldiers. And comrade-soldier was a very important term for both of them. To be a comrade soldier meant you really owed everything to the other one. And um, that was a, a legitimate term. I had known various Austrians who uh, used that term to identify themselves in World War One or in World War Two. Comrade soldiers. And the best feeling you could get was when somebody would call you a comrade soldier.
0: Oh, that sounds like, yeah, that sounds like that's what it would be. Now, one of the things that you've done, this is a series of six short stories, but these characters are also carried over into the novels that you've written. Yes, yeah. each you, of the...
1: Each of the chapters is taken shamelessly from one of the novels. (laughs) Not shamelessly. You you, you could find them very, very quickly in the novel. I just took. I, I I was told it was legitimate to do it, and so I did it. I took. I I don't know that there's any need to really advise uh, all potential readers that these are taken from the novels, but because it's just a way to communicate about something that's important to you.
0: Well, and it previews. I mean, you could really use Vienna years ago as a way to preview the novels. And let's—you've written the Dolomite Challenge. You've written, help me with the titles of the other novels. Between Two
1: Worlds. Between Two Worlds. uh, Hopsburg Honor and Nazi
0: Duty. Excellent. And Uh, those...
1: uh, Hopsburg Honor and Nazi Duty is the first of the three novels. And Between Two Worlds is the second. And The Dolomite Challenge, which is about mountain climbing. And I was fortunate that I was introduced to mountain climbing in the Dolomite Mountains, which are between... Austria and Italy and Switzerland, they're, uh, they're fantastic mountains, and you, uh, uh, in the Dolomite Challenge I tried to communicate things about what it was like to climb the Dolomite Mountains and how people felt about that, and they had a, a thing that, that they told me when I climbed the Dolomites, that when you climb the, to the top of the Dolomites, you, you, you go into a state of sinlessness. You have no sins. You're purged of all your sins when you climb to the top of the Dolomites. There isn't. And I even saw that written in, in Austrian on a little poster uh, that was there in the mountains. And I was, you know, I, I naturally I could read it, but I wondered what it meant. There is no sin at the top of the Dolomites. Interesting. Uh, what's that all about? That's silly. <laughs> no, it isn't silly. You know, Ami, he, Ami they, they sometimes call me. American. Uh, uh, It is not silly, Ami. Uh, And Ami was sounded in my ears very often just like Tommy. A lot of my friends and relatives called me Tommy now. Uh, And so there is no sin at the top of the Dolomites. And I believe that then, you know. uh, it wasn't just my friends who were telling me. It was it was on a sign that that we were all able to look at and read and think about. And then you think about how you feel when you get to the top of the Dolomites and then climb back to the down to the other side. Um, I when I got back to the United States, I thought for sure I'd be climbing mountains. I never I never did any mountain climbing back in the United States. I, I was so religiously obsessed with what the Dolomites were like, I, I, I wasn't interested in going mountain climbing in the United States.
0: That makes sense because you'd climb some of the most amazing mountains in the world. Yes. Well, Tom, you are a delight, and your books are a fascinating insider view into a life that I think our, our listeners will find very interesting. And if they want to go and read an excerpt from any of the books or from this one that we've just been talking about, Vienna, years ago, they can go to Amazon.com. And if they want to get hold of copies of the book, they can order them from Amazon, but they're also available other places. Tell me where else yes, they she, can find them.
1: Yes, you can go to... Uh Barnes and Noble. But the best and most uh, reasonable thing to do is just what, what you said. Uh, uh, go into the Internet and get it. And get go- any, one of the, any one of the three novels or the, short, the book of short stories.
0: And if they really wanted a nice overview of the novels, Vienna years ago would be a good thing for yes. them to, to read. And that way they could sort of have a preview of what the other books would be like. If they
1: get really interested in these characters, uh, Marbach, his wife, uh, uh, Cox, any of the other characters, they can find them in the other stories. Uh, It won't be hard for them to do.
0: Well, this is always, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. You're so interesting. You tell such great stories. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to talk with us today.
1: Oh, I'm glad to do it. Call anytime you you want. If you want, if you got any questions, call anytime you want.
0: Our time is up and we'd like to thank you for yours. Remember, pick up a good book and read.